Hey, welcome to the Impact Podcast by Youthopia. Join me in meeting the youth of Singapore who are making a positive impact to the world around them. Welcome to the Impact Podcast. Our guest for today is Fiona. Fiona is the founder of one of Singapore's most popular bakeries, Wisdom. Initially, baking was nothing more than a side hustle for Fiona, who joined a bank as a technology product manager. After several successful bake sales in July 2020, she made the decision to quit her full-time job and fully dedicate herself to Wisdom. Now, Wisdom is more than just a business. It is also a platform for Fiona to do good and give back to the community. So hi Fiona, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. So I think we're going to have an interesting conversation today about choosing an unconventional career path as well as like the topic of tackling burnout. I think it's quite relevant and like prevalent in our society today. But to start off, tell me a bit about yourself. So uh, I think you should you shared a little bit. So maybe I can share a bit more about how I first started baking. Uh, I started baking sometime um, in secondary too. I think that was when I was 40. Back then, it was just like, uh, we were fundraising actually for Girl Guides uh, for Charity Bake Sale. And then we were using uh, Betty Crocker pre-mix actually to bake like brownies and cookies for sale. So that's when I started getting interested in like, hey, I can make something so delicious from this like box mix, you know. Hidden talent. Just, yeah, just by adding like eggs and like oil into it. And something like so delicious comes out of it and you derive that sense of satisfaction. So that's where I got interested. How does this thing actually work? And that's where I started like series of like trials, you know, experimentation and trying things out, you know, troubleshooting on YouTube when things don't work out and really start to develop like a passion for baking. Mm, so interesting. Tell me more. So from secondary to until I guess like in July 2020, like did you like regularly bake for like your friends and family and stuff like that? Or was it like a something that you did on the side? To like de-stress, for example. So I did that like oh uh, I like I bake like super often actually. Even when I started working, um I was baking as a form of like de-stress. La. So I like to bake and bring like goodies to work. Um I feel good when people feel that tell me like, hey, this is very good. Like, can you share the recipe with me and things like that? So I started enjoying the process. Uh the kneading, you know, piping cakes all together, it helps me um be at peace with myself. And then being able to create new flavors also helps me connect to like the creative side of me, right? So it gives me a lot of free reign, a lot of control over the ingredients of the over the end product, and to see like um, what actually eventually comes out of it, and when people actually enjoy them, lah. So I actually feel a sense of satisfaction that comes from it. Mm. Yeah. So I never never stopped baking since actually. Just that I never was re- never really made it a business as well la, mm. until like 2020. Mm. Mm. So it's very interesting because I think your your background is not in yes. like baking and like food in general, right? So tell me a bit about, I guess, the journey of, you know, having like a proper like corporate job and then like making the decision in like July of 2020 to switch, you know, like 180 degrees to doing something completely different from what you were set out to do in the first place. So I always wanted to like start something on my own. I think um I never really had the guts to because back then, you know, you graduate from school, your career path like set. Like I got a job in as a management associate in a bank. Mm. Um it was my my life was basically to like, oh, you do well in school and then you scale up the the like corporate ladder and you eventually like become successful, right? So I thought like, okay, that is like the way to go. And that's like the script that has been scripted, you know, the narrative of the Singapore success story. 
And then sometime in 2019, I came across a story of a girl. So she took the unconventional path of like not looking for a job ever since she left school in university. She started like a business on her own mm. and she became really successful. Then that's where I thought to myself, eh, this girl is also like 27, 28, and I'm also 27, 28. But she has built something for herself. She has carved out a name for myself. We have been on earth the same period amount of time. And like, she is so successful now while I'm still like slogging out <laughs> in corporate slavery, right? Okay. Yeah, so, so that's when I decided, hey, you know, maybe I should do something and pursue something on the side. And that's when I decided to like start uh, like wisdom again uh, to mm. hold like big sales on the side and to see um resp- how the responses is like. Mm. Mm. And I guess like so then what was that like turning point for you? Like between like, okay, you know what? Um, I'm done doing like corporate or trying to climb the corporate ladder and I want to quit my job to do this like full time now. Like what was that switch? So when work from home was instituted across industries, right? Um, I began getting like more and more orders by the day on wisdom. So I started from like doing weekend big sales only. Then I realized, hey, so much, so much more inquiries. I had to do like weekday big sales as well. And then I I started having like from from just taking orders on Instagram, I came out with like an order form. So people were ordering through the form and the orders were like too much. I had to start looking for automation and looking for ways to cap the orders. So at its peak, I think we were selling out within 30 seconds like every week. Mm. And then um I, I, I still had my full-time job then, right? So during the daytime, like I will work and like finish all the projects I had to do at work, my basically daily duties. La. And at night off work is where I began like my second shift mm. of baking and fulfilling the orders. So each day I was clocking in about like 16 to 20 hours. Mm. I was sleeping at like 5am and then getting up at like 9am for my Zoom meeting. So the entire period of time, it was just like that every single day. It got to a point whereby I felt like really burnt out, like mm. really on the crux of the burnout. I would sit down there at the end of the day and like my mind's just blank. Mm. I felt like I was no longer productive. Uh, like I couldn't do as well as I want to at work. And then I was a lot slower at night as well because I think I was just simply not getting enough rest. Lah. So that's when I thought to myself, hey, you know, maybe I should really start thinking about what I want to do and where I actually want to go from here. Like, do I want to continue scaling up the corporate ladder or do I actually want to, you know, run the business full-time and to turn my passion into a business? Mm, mm. And I, I guess it's interesting because I think for a lot of us... um that have gone through like the Singapore system, right? It's it's very easy. Like, I think the, the answer is that we will want to like climb the corporate ladder or like that's conventionally the easier yeah. choice to make, right? So I think what motivated you or like what encouraged you to like decide, okay, you know what? I'm done with trying to climb the corporate ladder and like I... Because you essentially put yourself 100% into mm-hmm. this baking business, right? So how do you kind of justify that for yourself? So I think um a lot of people like they thought of it as a like, hey you like you just chase after your passion it's so simple right but there's this internal struggle of like you're giving up like the stability mm. you're giving up like the safety net of like a fixed income every month moving from a uh, corporate place into like baking or right, running a business on your own is basically you you basically like when you stop working your income stops coming in. Mm. You know, at work, you, even if you take leave, you take a break, you know, you still get paid for it, right? But it's different when you're an entrepreneur. La. So, so that, that at a point in time, I was like, okay, should I really be doing this? But then, 
like I thought about, like I tried to take a step back and think about, okay, then on the flip side, can I actually go back to work? Like, am I really going to give like all of this up, right? The adrenaline that has been built up mm. like the past uh, three months at home, uh, the people that I have served, the smiles that I have served, the people who have come back to say, hey, you know, like I really enjoyed this. Uh, you know, I hope you keep baking. You know, I just want to give you a, that bit of motivation. So, I started comparing the sense of satisfaction that I derived from work versus like what I derived from delivering like big goods, right? And that's when I discovered, hey, you know, as a tech product manager, people only come to you when they have problems. Like, hey, the, my payment and transfer doesn't work. They don't tell you, hey, your customer journey is super seamless, super good, good job. You don't get that. But when something screws up, or like the button doesn't work, then you get all the complaints and like, hey, why like that? Why you miss this out? Mm. Versus when you deliver like a big box and you make someone day. And there was this day where, because um, the idea behind wisdom is we want to send a good vibes, right? So mm. we send a nice quote along with every box. So this girl, she actually left me a message to say that she had a horrible day at work. Like she really felt like giving up. But uh, she received like the box from a friend uh, with a quote on top that says, um, as long as you believe in yourself, nothing is impossible. And she said thank you for that. Like, it was the encouragement that she needed to go through that day. Last. Then that's when I realised, hey, you know, it's something so simple. Mm. Like, something so simple that can actually bring a smile or make someone feel better. And that's when I decided, like, maybe it's time to make a switch in go into this, you know, something that's more purposeful. Lah. Mm, mm. It's interesting because I think I'm, you come from a background that is, like I mentioned just now, right, it's unrelated to, yes. to food. But of course, with the couple of years of experience that you've had, like baking and stuff like that, I guess beyond just the whole aspect of um the culinary aspect, right, there's also that whole like running a business, right? So I guess my question is like, what were some of the most challenging or like the most daunting aspects of like starting out um, wisdom like full-time wow it's definitely like having to be your own person and to do everything on your own because comparing to like having a corporate job we have like um bis business departments right so you have someone to do the marketing someone to do the copywriting the design the customer service and then when you switch out to being an entrepreneur you are all of these things on your own mm. so you do the marketing the op operations, the negotiating with suppliers, the handling with uh, of the customers. You have to do like the design, all of these things on your own, uh, curating captions and etc. So I guess that was the biggest like learning curve for me. But then there is where I also realised, hey, actually, you start to derive a sense of satisfaction from having to do so many things as well because you finally get to see the end-to-end -end of what happens behind the scene up until when the customer receives like the box, right? And the kind of joy that you end up delivering. And that experience, I would say, is really irreplaceable. Yeah, so as so much, uh, as much as the challenges that the role, the new role that the new entrepreneur had actually brings, right? I would say that the what I have gained out of it, mm -hmm. the kind of experiences that I would otherwise have not been able to learn, the kind of skill set that I have developed along the way has craft me into a better person as well. Mm. On the point of talking about, um, uh, you know, a career change, mm. right? Were there um, people in like your community or like, um, like maybe ex-colleagues who came to you and were like very confused by your decision, for example? Because I think for, for a lot of us, we, we would find it very brave, but like we may not also take the plunge, right? And we would be like, why? 
why do you do such a why do you make such a big decision like they would probably try to either talk you around it mm. or like yeah like figure out why why you did it yeah so before I made the decision I actually like floated the idea with my teammates and a few of like like my other other colleagues as well outside of my department and all of them I don't think they were discouraging they were more of like concerned mm. like you sure you want to rock the boat in a time like now mm. uh, are you sure you can sustain the demand are you sure that, you know, when COVID is over and COVID will become over, you still have people ordering like your brownies and your cookies or not? Are you sure you're going to make this big leap now? Lah, right? Why not you just keep it on the side, you know, just like do it as a side hustle mm. and then like see how things play out. Then that's when I thought, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they are right. Like, you know, what if, like, I, I make this big decision and then after that, like, uh, it all turns out to be in vain, right? And I cannot even end up supporting myself. So I thought, okay, I'll stay on. Um, I would just continue to do as is for a while more. La. But I felt this nudging feeling inside of me every day, like, uh, and I was still so tired. I was still, like, not as motivated as before. And, like, I kept thinking about, like, you know, I need to do something about this. So that's when I decided to turn to Google. Like mm. so cliche, right? Just go and Google. What, what do people regret the most at their deathbeds? Mm. And then that's when I realized, hey, nobody regrets like not earning enough money. Nobody regrets not getting that promotion. Nobody regrets like uh, not, not being able to like climb up the ranks. What they regret the most is usually not spending time with the people they love. Uh, not spending time doing the things that they want or like having lead, led their whole life spending time accord, uh, according to other people's terms, you know, not leading out the life that they want. So that's when I realised hey, at the end of the day, at my deathbed, I don't want to live with the same kind of regrets, you know. You really only have one life and what do I have got to lose if I decide to dedicate like two years of my life into doing this to see whether it works out? what I actually lose is not two years of my time, but what I would have instead gained would be two years of entrepreneurial experience. And I think that itself is irreplaceable as well. Mm. So then, then I decided, okay, I will take this leap of faith uh, and I decided to like tender. Mm. And to be honest, I think the decision leading up to actually submitting like my resignation, right, was the hardest. The day after I felt like a huge like baggage like lifted off my back, right? I'm like, hey, you know, I can do my own thing now. Yeah, I don't have to like do decks or like report to someone. Yeah, so it, it kind of feel good like actually. Mm, very interesting. You're the second person today who whose advice is to, to not live with any regrets. The other person, the other interviews that you talked to would be before you was also like, you know, when she was about to embark on her decision to do something, she was like, what? Uh, she was reading this book and then they also said the same thing. They were like, if you don't, the people who are on their deathbeds, their biggest regret is not pursuing the thing that they truly wanted to do. Yeah, so it's like yeah. the aha moment, you know, like yeah. this is speaking to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. So, you, you mentioned also that, you know, um, wisdom is a platform for you to do good. The story about the girl who received your bakes mm. after a long hard day at work, right? So, can, can you share a bit more about, I guess, like how you have, you and your team have helped the community in this in this way? So, we we always believe in doing good in silence. So, we don't actually like share much or shout much about it. Lah. But when I decided that I could turn my passion into a business was also when I decided, hey, you know, like we could do more. Um, but because we were making a bit of money, we had like a little bit of following. 
that was when we also started when the pandemic was at, at its peak, right? We went to like purchase like bottled coffee. We sent them to A and E. We delivered like our bakes to different hospitals. Uh, I still remember like this very heartwarming moment la, when I was ordering like some teas actually for to be delivered to the hospital and then the delivery drivers were like we don't want to send because we are scared. So I couldn't find anybody even though I had all these goodies to be delivered to like the different general hospitals in Singapore, right? And then I placed out like a call like on Instagram to like, hey, you know, is there anyone that can actually support uh, us with the deliveries. La. So our followers actually came out to say like, hey, you know, I will do this for you. So mm. they volunteered. And that's where I really felt like, hey, wow, we are, what we're building is not just a bakery, you know. It's really a community rallying together to support each other through this difficult time. Mm. And... Then, I mean, I, I also thought about, okay, what with the skill set that I have now, right, and a bit of free time on my hands, what else is there that I could do for the community? So at that point in time was also where there were a lot of fresh graduates coming out into this, like, very uncertain economy. Um, like, they didn't know what to do. They didn't have proper guidance because they also haven't been in school for a while. So I put out, like, a call la, for anyone who needed help vetting their resumes or needed help with, like, their interviews to just feel free to reach out. Yeah, and I will aid them along the way in like uh, giving them feedback, etc. as they go through like their job application process. Mm. Yeah, mm. so I mean, being able to then have time uh, to do that, I feel it's very fulfilling mm. for myself actually. Mm. So, I guess on, on that same note, right, what do you envision for wisdom to be like in future and what more do you hope to accomplish? For me, I haven't shared this with anyone. I hope to grow from zero to a hundred. That, that's like a personal goal. But more so than that, I think what I want to do is to be able to offer like an opportunity for my team, right? To see how we can grow from a small business to, to something much more larger. Uh, every baker at Wisdom, they, when they come on, they don't just bake. You know, the production is one part of it because it's what keeps the business going, right? But they all take on like additional responsibilities like managing the operations, the logistics, managing the social media, managing um, our new e-commerce platform as well. Now we are onboarded onto like Deliveroo, GrabFood, on Shopee, working with um different like live streaming companies as well. So they get to learn all these other skill sets that they would otherwise not have been able to like in another like F&B chain for instance. And I want Wisdom to be a platform whereby people can actually see a sort of like progression in their careers where it's not just like, you're not just like rolling cookie dough every day, for example. Mm. And I think that has proved to work really well for us. Uh, I also give them like free reign to come up with uh, flavors, you know, things that they want to try and they want to experience, uh, experiment. Yeah, so that I hope will take us into the future and I want to be able to kind of retain that same kind of innovative spirit mm. yeah, into the future as well. Mm. Very inspiring. So, I think on that note, you are inspiration to I think a lot of home bakers out there who are, you know, the youth who either reach out to you for help with their resumes or maybe even like some of them who sell like baked goods as a side hustle. Um, I guess my final question to you is for anyone who aspires to become like a home baker or even someone who's interested in like entrepreneurship, what would your advice be to them? I think um, it's always not, you don't have to always think that it's going to be huge off the bat. You know, you can always start small, always be open-minded, always be willing to embrace the adventure, listen to your customers, 
be open about uh, feedback, I think one of the most important thing is never take feedback or criticism too personally. Mm. See it as an avenue to improve on a product because that is where you really get to validate um, your customer, um, your market fit, right? Whether or not the market is accepting of your product or uh, whether the customers actually validate your product. Is this something that they want or they need? And I think that is like very, really important. And more so than that, um, is to really not be too attached to your product, right? Because a lot of times we feel like hey, what we are doing is the best and then like no one else can beat it. And that's when you really spiral down into this um, process whereby you, you find it very difficult to improve upon yourself. So being able to keep an open mind as you go on this adventure is really important. And I guess most of all, the most important thing is to always remember that like you just have to start somewhere. Like I didn't start wisdom thinking that I would grow into a business. I started wisdom because I wanted to build something that I can call off as my own, which is why I started it as a side hustle. Lah. So then you slowly, slowly grow along the way and see, hey, actually, like I can actually eventually scale this into something. And that's where you make like little shifts and little changes to your business plans to get to where you want to be. So the first step is really to start. Mm. Yeah, and you know, when you dream a dream of blank on blank canvas is where you really get to like craft your own story. Mm. So cool. yeah, I'm glad I made this decision one year ago. Okay, thanks so much for your insightful sharing, Fiona. And for being a role model to all the homemakers out there, I think you've definitely shown us what it means to take a leap of faith and to follow your passion. So if any one of you who are tuning in and you are curious on, you know, Fiona's story and how her bakes taste, um, I think feel free to follow them on Instagram at whiskdom. That's whisk, like a whisk, W-H-I-S-K-D-O-M. Or on their website, whiskdom.com. Thanks a lot, Fiona. Thank you. This show was brought to you by Utopia. This project showcases everyday Singaporeans that have made an impact in our society. Have someone in mind? Nominate that person at utopia.sg forward slash impact.